0: super talk mississippi media production coleman taylor transmission servicing central mississippi for over 60 years their ase certified technicians offer dependable transmission services a warranty and record services call coleman taylor today for all your transmission needs you're listening to the rebel report podcast where it's all old Miss all the time here's your host michael Borkey. Welcome in everybody to the World Report. My name is Michael I Appreciate you guys hanging out and being part of the show today. The NBA season begins tonight. That means we've got a preview. I can't even do it. I'm so lame. I'm sorry. I, I, I am so not funny that I thought that would be funny and I stopped myself halfway through. No, we're talking Ole Miss Vanderbilt today. A little bit uh, Ole Miss Vanderbilt anyway. Is it a trap game for Ole Miss? Is that what you would call vanderbilt is it a trap game and also i've got a little optimism versus pessimism for you coming your way but first i want to remind you number one follow me on social media twitter facebook and youtube at michael Borkey b-o-r-k-e-y and if you're listening to this on the website and browser uh we appreciate you but pull out your phone and your favorite podcast app search rebel report subscribe and leave a rating and a review let's start with optimism versus pessimism Ole Miss uh, as you guys know beat Auburn we talked about it they played sloppy football if we're being totally honest for a large majority of that game turned it on overcame that beat Auburn on the plains Kiffin seemed to be pretty satisfied with his team after the game overcoming the environment and overcoming that slow start uh, to settle in and uh, and win So that's a good thing. And so let's start with the optimism side of a game like that after they played a game like that with Arkansas. Are you an optimist or are you a pessimist? An optimist would say that they haven't really played a complete game yet, basically, uh, all season. Now, the LSU game was halfway complete. They played as good as probably they possibly can play on offense. They ran the ball well. They blocked well. Dart protected the ball and was accurate, didn't make a single bad decision or even a, a bad throw. They, they did everything right offensively that night, but as you guys know and as we've talked about and as Kiffin mentioned many times, uh, that was uh, only a one-half good performance up until the fourth quarter. Now, the defense turned it on, and, and that is important, but uh, they have not played a complete game yet, and you've seen elements scattered across this season of a team that right now I would argue is still good. They are good regardless, as you saw with Washington, as you saw with Oklahoma, especially as you saw with North Carolina. They ended up actually losing that game, as you've seen with Georgia at many spots this season, as you saw with Alabama when they played at USF. It is hard, it is very, very hard to win college football games on a weekly basis, and Ole Miss is doing that, and that's very important. If they can take all of those elements and put them together, they can go from a good team, which is what they currently are, even the way they've played, to getting close to being a, a great team. But what can they put that together? We'll get to that in a second. They haven't played a complete game yet. And as we've talked about a lot, and as you guys know, they have overcome a lot, a lot, a lot of adversity, both with health and just during the course of, of a season and during the course of games. Trey Harris got hurt early, early. In the uh, Tulane the game. What was it on the third player, whatever it was? Caden Prescorn didn't start the season with this offense and looks like he's finally, you know, come, really coming into form. But even when he came back, there were still some growing pains in, in Tuscaloosa uh, with that. And they, they lose to Alabama. They get a lot of heat for it, deservedly so. And as I keep repeating, because I think it was such a huge moment, they're down two scores midway through the fourth quarter, facing a third and long against LSU, and they turn around and they find a way to win that game. They they turn around and and find a way to win Arkansas when they were down in the fourth. They played as sloppy as they possibly could have played against Auburn, and they found a way to settle in and win that game. That is a mark uh, of a team that is uh, really strong in cohesion, very cohesive team, uh, veterans, uh, a lot of veterans on that team that have eligibility left, which is an interesting dynamic for Ole Miss going into this offseason for sure. Uh, it speaks to quarterback play and, and the maturity of, of that quarterback and team leadership, and it speaks to coaching and strengthening, and conditioning, and all that stuff uh, because they have been battle-tested and they've overcome it. And then the last thing, uh, they are possibly finally getting kind of healthy. So Harris uh, looked really good and uh, obviously played really well. He looks like he's recovered from whatever that injury was. H- his second one of the year It didn't hold him out any, but still got hurt there at the end of the Arkansas game, and the bye week came at the, the right time. Jackson Dart uh, looked really good. The bye week came at the right time for him. I know Jordan Watkins got hurt and had to have two plates inserted in his hand, Uh, but he looks like here in the very near future he's going to be able to really contribute to this team aside from fielding punts and being on the field for just a a couple of snaps. I would venture to guess that they play him very little if at all this weekend and by Texas A&M he's uh, really ready to contribute again and Caden Prescorn also another guy that looks fully healthy and and in there and same thing with Sakari Franklin looked good and healthy and prepared to actually contribute. So uh, they are finally on offense despite the Watkins news and despite what happened coming out of the Arkansas game with Harris and Dart being banged up, uh, appear to be as healthy as they've been all season. Uh, so that is uh, th- those are all very good things uh, right now as Ole Miss sits at 6-1. and one. But if you're a pessimist, they can't start games like they did and match their goal because right now as we sit Ole Miss is going to be favored in every game but one for the rest of the year and that one is Georgia I still think that game qualifies as a free shot I know a lot of people are talking about you know what are tiebreakers to win the SEC and stuff like that I certainly understand why those conversations are being had I've engaged in them I I I get it and I don't think Georgia is like this insurmountable thing especially without Brock Bowers, and we'll get our first look at Georgia without him uh, this weekend. We'll know a little bit more about what that loss is going to mean for them on Saturday. So I'm not saying that game is like an impossible thing or an insurmountable task, but they will be an underdog. I would venture to guess 10 to 12 points, uh, possibly even two touchdowns there in Athens. But every other game, they will be favored in if it just goes to chalk. Winning 10 games again in two of the last three seasons, having your only two 10 win regular seasons in the history of the program happening in each of the last, or in two of the last three seasons, would speak to a lot of things about the elevation of the program. And, and it's not, it's a lot, it's a lot, Kiffin, but it's not just Kiffin. There, there's more to it than just, well, Lane's really good. I think the program. University leadership, athletic department leadership, and fan buy in, quite literally, I mean buy in, not just emotional buy in. I mean, you guys are literally buying into the program in multiple different fronts, is elevating the floor of Old Miss football. The consistency over the last three years is a shining example of elevation. Um, dissimilar to, to Clemson, but kind of similar. Uh, Clemson was not a nationally respected program. The Bones were there to be good, but Dabo showed them what they can be. He ended up winning championships. Ole Miss hasn't done that done that uh, to this point, but Clemson changed their floor. They raised their floor as they found somebody to show them what their floor could be. And... My feelings about what Dabo's doing right now, notwithstanding, because he elevated the floor of Clemson football. I think right now you're seeing an elevation of a floor with Ole Miss, but they have got to stop starting games like this if they're going to finish the season 10-2 and two or better like they should at this point. They should finish the season with 10 wins. Uh, they're going to they're favored this weekend heavily. They're going to be favored against Texas A&M. They're obviously going to be favored against Louisiana Monroe, and despite their win over Arkansas, I've changed my opinion not at all uh, about Mississippi State and the Egg Bowl. But I'm looking at this A&M game in particular because they are they're still very very talented, especially on the defensive front, and I'm I'm concerned if Ole Miss starts a game like they did this past Saturday. I know the venues are different. Ole Miss has been really good at home under Lane Kiffin, but still, if they start slow, if they are still amassing penalties on the, especially on the offensive line, that is a very penalty-prone offensive line at Ole Miss right now. Uh, specifically at one position, but the the whole unit at times has gotten itself into some trouble. But if they start that way, if Dart has a, a bad, ugly turnover, if, if special teams are, are continuing to go as bad as they did Saturday, you had a muffed punt that cost them yards. You had a holding on a punt that went into the end zone, so you should have started a drive on the 20. Instead, you started on the 10. Ended up scoring on that drive anyway, but still. In the, the what, 10-yard punt, there was another pretty bad punt mixed in there. The botched field goal snap. Well, Miss is pretty bad on special teams. If they do stuff like that, against Texas A&M, they're going to lose. So while an optimist would look at this Ole Miss team, and rightfully so, talk about team leadership and chemistry and overcoming adversity and all of those things are very, very true, and that's a mark of a good team, all of those things are accurate. But if if they don't stop starting games this way, same thing like in the Arkansas game, but if they don't stop starting games that way, that's a hard sentence to say, uh, then somebody like A&M is going to sneak up and beat them. I mean, my feelings are known about Mississippi State's team at the moment, but you, you go to Starkville with the cowbells and and start sloppy like that and turn the ball over and, and things like that. Weirder things have happened. So uh, a pessimist would tell you that sloppy starts and, and getting down early and stuff uh, is a problem that's going to come up and bite them eventually. And frankly, I... I sit here, and I think that you should sit here and be concerned about that a little bit. Uh, the, the truth is always somewhere in the middle. It's good that they're overcoming it. They can't start like this every week, or else that magical season—I don't know if that's the right phrase—going ten and two is not "quote unquote" magical. But that that high-level season, which is what it would be, uh, would be viewed wouldn't go down that way unless they change the uh, the way they start. They've got to start playing. Less sloppy, or else it's going to bite them. The podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. That's the website if you're in the market for office technology and you're a Mississippi business. So any anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi, if you're a business that is seeking office technology, Advantage Business Systems has you covered. absms.com is the website. Tell them I sent you, and you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need and what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me. Check them out, absms.com. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. We've got 16 locations here in Mississippi, so there's likely one in your backyard. uh, You'll get treated like a neighbor at your Priority One Bank location, just like I do. They also have local loan servicing and decision making, so if you need a loan, it is somebody that is there with you as opposed to, at my previous bank, uh, having to get on the phone And talk to somebody in Kentucky to uh, talk about getting a uh, a loan. Didn't like that. Doesn't happen at Priority One Bank because they make you their priority. So is Vanderbilt a trap game or not? Is this a trap game? And in the classic sense of the term, yeah, I guess technically it it is. Especially when, like I said before, you look around the, the rest of college football and you see somebody like North Carolina inexplicably lose to Virginia now I know that's a that's a very uh it's a very good story and that kind of got buried in the college football weekend but Virginia winning that game considering what that program has been through is uh that's a great thing I imagine that plane ride home uh, felt really good and, and like therapeutic almost for for that team but uh, still no excuse for North Carolina to lose that game and they did so I was about to sit here and tell you that I I view this game as a two-outcome game, and that that might kind of be stupid uh, because North Carolina showed you that on any given Saturday you can lose, but I I really don't think that this game is anything more than a two-outcome game. So if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about there, we do it on the radio show, uh, show sometimes, is how many outcomes do you see? And it's, in this context, an Ole Miss blowout an Ole Miss close win, a Vanderbilt blowout, or a Vanderbilt close win. I only see two of those scenarios happening. It's an Ole Miss win, either close and and kind of, you know, a sloppy game where it's really hard to get up for Vanderbilt, knowing what you just had to deal with on the Plains and knowing what's upcoming with Texas A&M and Georgia. And this is kind of a team that's just so uninspiring that's sandwiched in between the two of those things. Uh, it's this is a possible letdown spot, but I have seen enough from this team to tell me that even in a prime letdown spot, I would be truly, genuinely shocked beyond measure if they lose this game, considering uh, how they have been battle tested and what they've overcome this year. So I only see this as a two outcome game. Uh, I don't think that this is a trap in a sense of they can lose. I, I know. Uh, That I I like Clark Lee a lot. I think they're not necessarily a poorly coached football team. I think that they've just got a lot of personnel issues. They're trying to figure out their deal at quarterback. They don't have the horses that can line up and run with and play with Ole Miss uh, at all. So could this be a game that you, as a fan, uh, don't like watching? probably in fact I kind of expect this to be a game that is a little bit ugly and you can tell the team's a little bit slow and and uninspired and then they kind of figure it out and win by you know three touchdowns and and they just kind of move on to A&M and get ready for that one for whatever reason Lane Kiffin has kind of struggled burying Vanderbilt the way that you would expect with how good his teams have been uh in each of the last four years really um you would expect them to to bury Vanderbilt easily, and they haven't done it, uh, and I think in part because, as we talk about so often, it's hard to get a bunch of 18- to 22-year-olds up on a weekly basis, and Vanderbilt just kind of fits perfectly in spots like this on the schedule. But no, I, I do not view this as a game that is a true trap in the sense of Ole Miss is going to actually lose. However, I did find it really interesting in Lane's presser, and, and I would encourage you to watch it if you haven't seen it already. He certainly seemed to be essentially uh, telling you, the fan, you need to bring the energy because I don't expect my team to have much. Uh, He, I mean, five times, I think, uh, made a question and an answer about home crowds have been great this season because they have been. Even Mercer, honestly. But home crowds have been great this season. Uh, need some of that to to get the team up on Saturday. And that struck me as a coach that kind of knows that it's going to be hard to motivate them. They're going to watch film. They're going to know how much better than Vanderbilt they are, and they know what's ahead. So uh, it sounded like a coach that was kind of expecting a, a bit of an emotional lull and uh, kind of asking the crowd to bring that juice, not the dog, but but, but bring the juice, bring the energy uh, to to kind of spark the team to, Barry Vanderbilt for the first time in in Kiffin's career, at least uh, out of the gate. So found that a little interesting. Uh, otherwise, um sounds like the team is getting healthy, as I said before. Uh, everything that – every goal is in front of them, including uh, the playoff. Now, they need help to get to the college football playoff. We've been talking about the scenarios on the show a lot. But uh, still, I mean, you can certainly tell your team – and make it believable that that's on the table for them. So everything is still in front of this team. And uh, we'll see, frankly, we'll see how next week plays out because this one I am not particularly concerned about the W or the L uh, on the schedule. So anyway, those are some quick thoughts for you. Appreciate you hanging out. Are you an optimist? Are you a pessimist? The truth is somewhere in the middle. It's a concern that they're starting not putting complete games together, but the fact that they are doing that and overcoming them and winning is also a positive. Straddling fences on this podcast. Probably not the best. Uh, Probably should just have a big, strong take, and that's it, but that's kind of how I feel. And is Vanderbilt a trap game? Uh, I honestly, I don't think that they are capable of making it one. So there you go. Talk to you guys uh, again uh, later on this week. Appreciate you uh, listening to the show, and I'll talk to you soon.